Welcome to You Good, the podcast. I'm your host, Maya. Each week, me, a newly yet clueless college graduate, will try to understand the crazy world that we live in by having a conversation about how to become a better you. By taking an inclusive and open-minded standpoint, I will be talking about many different topics surrounding personal development, mental health, social advocacy, and much, much more. So sit back, relax, and join the conversation. Hi friends, I hope everyone is having a great Friday or whatever day you're listening to this. So today marks episode 23, meaning that we have two, mostly like one and a half episodes left until the end of season one. So when I was trying to figure out how to wrap up this whole season, I was thinking of some topics I haven't talked about or wanted to, and today's conversation is one of them. As you all know, I'm a huge advocate for mental health awareness and education, and although I don't have a degree or a background specifically on this topic, I'm still a person who has firsthand experience with it all, especially with being someone who suffers from anxiety and major forms of depression. So to kind of wrap up this whole journey, especially with including some of my past episodes that I've highlighted on this topic, I really wanted to talk about the issues of being alone versus being depressed. I chose to talk about this now because every day I think about my depression and how it overwhelms me and makes me feel like I'm alone. And so instead of, I guess, wallowing in it, I wanted to create a platform or create an episode that is centered around this because some of you guys who are listening to this A, you just are listening to this because you want to support me and I really appreciate it. But B, you probably clicked on this episode because you are someone who suffers or has ties to this issue. And I want to kind of be of assistance, basically, and kind of give you guys some tips and tricks that I have and basically reach out and make you guys all know that you're not alone. So for today's episode, I will be discussing the difference between loneliness and depression, factual information about each one, and other things to give you all a complete breakdown of what it is based on information I found online, as well as some tips, like I said before, that I've utilized in my own life to manage it all, because it's really hard to deal with loneliness and depression, and I just want to let you guys know that I'm here for you, I see you, and we can get through this together. Okay, so let's start off by just kind of breaking down the difference between the two. So based on information provided by Psychology Today, loneliness is defined as a state of distress or discomfort that results when one perceives a gap between their own desires for social connection and the actual experience of it all. Based on some research from other resources that I found, there are actually different forms or different types of loneliness. Uh, There's a wide range of them, like five to ten different types, but these are the ones that stood out to me the most. The three are existential loneliness. This type of loneliness arises from not having a clear role carved out for you or feeling like there's a lack of meaning in your life. And that feeling is kind of normal, especially when some days as human beings, we might feel high and mighty. There's also going to be low moments in our life where we feel like we have no purpose or meaning. There's also emotional loneliness. So this type of loneliness arises from feeling like you don't have a significant emotional connection to people, even if it's just one. So it kind of feels like when you need someone to talk to you about something that's going on in your life and you feel like there's no one available to contact. It's different from like social loneliness, what we all kind of know when we refer to as being lonely because emotional loneliness means like we are not able to be emotionally vulnerable with people so we feel left out and we feel like we're not heard. 
Again, social loneliness, like I just referred to, is that type of loneliness that we kind of all know when we're saying that we feel alone. This occurs when you feel like you don't have a sense of belonging to a group beyond yourself. As for the topic of depression, I hope you all know that there's different forms of it, and I can go on and on about it, but I'll probably just discuss the major forms that seem relevant for this episode. So there's major depression, which is probably the most common form of depression, and is defined and categorized as a depressed mood or loss of interest in activities causing significant impairment in our daily life. Depression is known to be more than just being sad. It's like a combination of feeling sad, feeling lonely, feeling hopeless, all wrapped up into one. To be diagnosed with this disorder, you have to experience five or more symptoms during the same two-week period, or at least one of the symptoms should be either a depressed mood or a loss of interest in pleasures. And so the symptoms for this type of illness is very long, so please bear with me. Number one, you have to be depressed most of the day or nearly every day. Number two, you have to have little to no interest or pleasure in almost all activities most of the day or nearly every day. Three, you have to have significant weight loss when not dieting or weight gain or decrease or increase in appetite nearly every day. Four is a slowing down of thought or a reduction of physical movement, basically meaning like you have no energy or no interest in moving your body or engaging in physical activity at any point. Five is fatigue or loss of energy nearly every day. Six is feelings of worthlessness or excessive or inappropriate guilt nearly every day. Seven is diminished ability to concentrate or think or indecisiveness nearly every day. Lastly is the recurrent thought of death, recurrent suicide ideations without a specific plan, or a suicide attempt, or a specific plan for committing suicide. And to be quite honest with you all, I've dealt with all eight of these. I've maybe on a bad day dealt with like four symptoms in one, and on a good day maybe one or two, but yes, me having depression, I've dealt with all aspects of these symptoms. And there's also forms of depression that comes from other things like bipolar 1, which involves periods of severe mood, episodes from mania to depression. There's also seasonal affective disorder or SAD, which is kind of like that depression that you have when we're getting into the colder months and the days grow shorter and you get less and less sunlight. So then you start feeling like, I don't know, sad. You feel like there is no purpose for you. You feel this depressed state of mind because of the environment that you're in. There's also depression that comes from postpartum or situational depression. Again, like I said, the list goes on and on and on. But the symptoms I described in major depression kind of outlines what actual depression is, no matter where they come from specifically. So overall, dealing with depression and loneliness can be a challenge. Each condition on its own can cause a person to have negative thoughts and feelings about their self-worth, self-esteem, and self-value. When a person is depressed and feeling low, they develop a poor outlook on themselves, the world, and the future. As a result, that person will withdraw from friends and family, basically isolating themselves from the very few people who can be supportive and helpful to them in that time of need. On the other hand, when a person feels lonely, it can cause them to feel depressed. Loneliness is a difficult emotion for all of us to feel because people by nature are social creatures. 
We crave companionship, love, and affection to thrive. And when we cannot build or maintain deep and meaningful relationships or are confronted with situations in which we are separated or we're isolated from our loved ones, it can have a very strong and emotional impact on our ability to cope with day-to-day life. Um, And so that's why I think it's really important to talk about loneliness, especially now, because of the state that we're in and how each day I feel like we are unable to kind of see our friends because of the coronavirus and you know it's kind of hard because like yes we can see people you know through zoom calls we can call we can text but there's a difference between that and actually seeing someone face to face and being in their energy so basically in my mind I think of loneliness as like one episode and then depression is like the whole series. Like They go hand in hand and are very similar in a sense, but they're very different based on how long they last and the details within them. So before we jump into the second part of this episode, I will take a quick break because, you know, I'm always doing that in my episodes just to kind of make sure that I'm not overwhelming you all. But when we come back, I'm going to talk a little bit about coping mechanisms and just kind of share some advice that I have for you all who are dealing with these two aspects of such a hard struggle that not a lot of people talk about. Hello beautiful people, I hope you're enjoying today's episode so far. I wanted to quickly jump back on here to ask you all for a little bit of help for my next episode. As you all know, we're coming towards the end of season one, and to thank you all for the love and the support that you've given me, I would love for you all to be a part and featured in my final episode. So I'm thinking about talking about New Year's resolutions and just reflecting on a crazy year that we've had. So if you would like, tell me what your New Year's resolution is or something that you're looking forward to in 2021. You can send me your answer in two ways. One, if you follow my podcast page on Instagram, you can DM me your answer or I will create a section on my Instagram story where you can say exactly what that is. Two, if you click on the link that is in my description box, you're able to send me a voice message. With these voice messages, you can send me a direct link where I can incorporate it right into my podcast with no hassle. At the end of the day, I just want to return all the love that you've given me and give it back to you guys because without you all, this platform would be nothing. Also, who wouldn't want to engage in an environment that is 2020 free and a little bit more positive? Okay, so since I've kind of laid down the foundation and given you guys a breakdown of the difference between loneliness and depression, the next logical step is to discuss coping mechanisms and skills. Because I'm not just going to tell you all this stuff and, you know, some of you guys might be like, I identify as that and not give you the proper advice and the tools to make your life a little bit better. I'm not that mean. I would never do that to you guys. So for my advice that I want to give you all who are dealing with loneliness and mostly depression, it comes from my own personal experience. I think for me, I've learned over the years that like, I know what I need to do. I know what I need to do to manage my depression, like take medication, go to therapy, things of that nature. But sometimes when you are in that moment of feeling hopeless and feeling lonely, you kind of forget about all that stuff. 
Um, for me, my mental health journey has dramatically changed. Depression is something that honestly consumes my life every single day, whether I like it or not. There are days where I'm really, really happy. I have a lot of hope and I'm, I'm very optimistic about the future. And then there's days where I feel like there is nothing, there's no purpose for me. And I feel like, who cares if I was here? And I feel like we can't really have this conversation without talking about the negative aspects of it because, you know, I feel like a lot of people just like to glide over it. We want to be optimistic and things of that nature, but this stuff is some really hard shit. (laughs) Excuse my language, but like depression makes you feel like everyone is against you. I know for me, depression makes me feel like no one cares about me if I was gone no one would notice and like it just sucks and it sucks even more because it's not like these things or outside influences are telling you this this is your own body telling you it like one of the things I have to understand is that yes when I'm depressed when I'm sad when I'm angry those feelings are valid but when I'm really depressed they don't really have as much meaning as I would like to. Like, I have to understand that that's the depressed me talking, not the real me talking, but still recognize that that is an issue that I am going through. For example, whenever I get really depressed, I think all of my friends and my families hate me. Like, I literally am like, oh, well, you know, they don't want me in their lives, you know, they think I'm a terrible person. And one of the things that my therapist has taught me is to understand and look at the facts. Did they actually say that, you know, they hate me or that they don't want me in their lives? Nine times out of 10, it's a no, but my depression makes it seem as if those ideas that I have in my head are real. Um, So that is kind of like advice number one, especially with like, those who are dealing with depression and loneliness because I'm telling you, when you're by yourself and you're alone with your thoughts, it can be a very, very dangerous thing. So the first tip I have is to not be alone. Again, like I said, we're creatures of comfort and we can't survive without being around other people. And one of the things I've realized is like, When I'm alone and I'm depressed, that's probably the most toxic thing I can do for myself because like I said before, when you're alone in your thoughts, Lord have mercy, it's challenging because it's like for me, I dig deeper and deeper and deeper and then I create this hole that I can never get out of. So even if I don't want to be around other people, I have to be around other people because I can go into a very dangerous place that I probably cannot get myself out of. Number two is to do something that distracts you. This can also work for anxious moments too because they kind of go hand in hand. But basically doing something that distracts you helps to put your mind at ease while forcing you to focus on a particular task at hand. One time I was looking at um, like coping mechanisms for when you're having an anxious episode. And one of the tips that someone said is to paint your nails when you're depressed or when you're anxious. And I was like really curious about that. But then I realized that they said this is a really great tool because when you're painting your nails, you know, you're focusing on painting your nails. But then afterwards, you can't really do much because you're waiting for your nails to dry. Like you put in all that work to paint it. You don't want to mess it up. 
So between that period of you waiting for your nails to dry, hopefully that feeling of anxiousness or depression might wash over you and you won't feel as sad or as bad as you did before, if that makes any sense. So try to do something that keeps your mind at bay because it helps you to not focus on that one thought that is troubling you. Again, mind over matter. The third tip I have is to focus on necessities, meaning focus on what you need to survive. If that means taking a nap, take a nap. If that means eating a meal, eat a meal. Things like that. You don't need to worry about what they are going to say. You don't need to worry about your job. You don't need to do this and this and this. Just focus on surviving and then once you are able to meet the bare minimum, then you're able to move forward because we get kind of overwhelmed when we're depressed. And when you think about all the things that you have to do and the big picture of it all, it's just going to make it even worse. So just focus on things that you need to survive, things that you need to go about your day. And then once you have that down, then you can focus on the rest. Another kind of tip that I use to help me figure out the necessities is to scan my body. Um, for me, I know this sounds so weird. So scanning your body, basically, I think in my mind from head to toe as if I'm scanning my actual body. So I start thinking from my head, okay, do I have a headache? Where is this headache from? Um, then I start moving down. Um, do I have any pain in my body? Where is this pain coming from? Am I hungry? Is my stomach grumbling? Things of that nature. And it kind of helps to give you a real-time assessment of what your body needs. Because when we're distracted and we are overwhelmed by our thoughts and the issues that we're facing in that moment, we kind of forget our body and what we're going through. And so it kind of helps to not only practice mindfulness, but to make sure that you're taking care of yourself when you need to. The fourth tip I have is to try sensory self-care. So that's including things that involve your five senses, like painting your nails, taking a cold shower, listening to music, taking a walk. Um, for me, I love taking showers when I'm depressed. I don't know if that's like a normal thing, but I think I like it so much because I like the fact that water is like hitting my body. It helps to wake me up and it helps to put my mind at ease um, and keep my thoughts at bay. Um, I really like water therapy so like taking a bath taking a shower that's probably why I like rain a lot you know because it kind of it helps to like wake you up and to make you understand that like you're a human being you know it makes you feel alive I don't know if anyone can resonate with me let me know if this resonates with you because I hope I'm not the only person that's like this uh the next tip I have is to try something that gets a reaction out of you whether it's laughter whether it's anger Make sure it's in a safe and controlled area. Um, for me, it's singing. I'm not a professional in any sort of way, but I like to sometimes kill two birds with one stone by singing in a shower. That's like, ah, uh, chef's kiss. Um, but I love singing because I can put all those emotions and the energy and the stress into one song. And even if I'm not a great singer, like I don't really care. I It kind of gives me that opportunity to kind of like yell, but in like a professional manner, if that makes any sense. I'm also that type of person to go in my car and yell. Like, honestly, I don't know why people don't yell in your car more often because sometimes like life is really hard and it sucks that like you can't yell without someone calling the cops or being worried. But like sometimes you just got to yell. I don't know if 
as I'm talking, it's making me sound even crazier. But like, just do something that gets a reaction out of you, you know, so that you are able to focus those emotions and I don't know, like express them in some shape or form. Um, and then the last tip I have is to understand your triggers. Again, you want to make sure that you're able to manage your symptoms by actively or proactively working with this issue that you're dealing with because unfortunately we can't just like snap our fingers and make it go away but we can choose how we react to them that is one of the things again mind over matter if you're able to control your emotions uh, the number one step in doing that is understanding your triggers for me I know that like I get more depressed at night I also get more depressed when I hear certain songs or I think about certain memories and things of that nature so I know that when I'm approached or I'm confronted with those things, I am more self-aware of how I can manage my symptoms and make sure that I do not move into a depressed state. Because I mean, like, if my trigger is nighttime, like, I can't avoid that, you know what I mean? That's insane. But I can choose how I react to it. Also, for those who have family members or friends or loved ones in their life who are dealing with depression and they don't know how to help them, what you really can do is show your support and to tell them that you're there. Whether it's through a text, whether it's through a phone call or meeting with a person face to face, tell them and make that known that you are there. Because again, when we are depressed, we create this world where we feel like everything is working against us. We feel like no one cares about us. And so sometimes we we just need a simple sign shown to us that there is someone out there who cares for us. So that's why I think it's really important to check up on your friends and check up on your loved ones because you don't know what they're dealing with. But that is all that I have to say for you all. Um, I was really hesitant to create this episode because I didn't know if it was going to rub some people the wrong way. But I've already talked about like trauma anxiety, safe spaces, and things of that nature. And so I felt like it was unethical for me to end this season without talking about loneliness and depression. So if this episode really resonated with you, let me know. Um, but other than that, I hope you all have a great day, that you are doing something that brings you joy, that helps you to be more productive. I love you all. I see you all. I recognize you all. And I hope to hear from you for my next episode. Thank you all for listening. If you want to stay connected and learn more information, such as content about the next episodes, our future guests, and other important links that I've discussed, then follow me on my Instagram at you underscore good podcast or email us at yougoodthepod at gmail.com. I want to hear your comments, questions, and concerns, so send me a DM or email me. Thanks.